Our first lesson this evening comes to us from the prophet Isaiah, the seventh chapter. Again, the Lord spoke to Ahaz. Ask a sign of the Lord your God, let it be deep as Sheol or high as heaven. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, and I will not put the Lord to the test. And he said, Here then, O house of David, is it too little for you to weary men that you also weary God? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. He shall eat curds and honey when he knows how to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the boy knows how to, choose, how to refuse evil and choose good, the land whose two kings you dread will be deserted. The Lord will bring upon you and upon your people and upon your father's house such days as have not come since the day that Ephraim departed from Judah, the king of Assyria. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We rise. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He took his wife, but he knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. We can Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the gospel reading, Matthew chapter 1. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. So we just sang that beautiful hymn, O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. And it's probably the oldest Christmas carol still sung today, at least according to the book, Stories Behind the Best Loved Songs of Christmas. The author's unknown. In its earliest form, it dates back to about 800 A.D. In its original form, it was known as the great O Antiphons, with a verse for each of the seven days of the last seven days of Advent. And maybe you noticed in your hymnal on the right-hand page those antiphons. The words paint a rich illustration, according to the author of the book, of many biblical prophecies fulfilled by Christ's birth. Taken actually 
from the Old Testament lesson today and repeated in the Gospel lesson. They are the words of an angel as the angel appears to Joseph in a dream. Now just stop for a minute and put yourself in Joseph's shoes, or should I say sandals. Just think about it for a minute. You're planning your wedding when you find out your fiance is pregnant. You're a moral man, you've not had relations with her. You thought she was a moral woman too, but now she's pregnant. Betrayal would be on the top of your list of suspicions. Mary came from a good family, from the priestly tribe of Levi, and one would expect her to be a woman of purity and devotion. Joseph, a descendant of the tribe of Judah, ancestry that could be traced all the way back to David, the greatest king of Israel. You might say Joseph was a prince, but the country was under the rule of the Romans at this time and their puppet king, Herod, and it was probably best not to make too much of the fact that you were a prince. Better just stick to your carpentry business. Mary and Joseph planned to get married. And as was the custom of their day, the marriage had been arranged by their parents from the time they were very young. They'd probably grown up together knowing that someday they would be married. And the plan was to get married, have children in that order, and live a simple life in the sleepy town of Nazareth. Instead, God had a completely different plan for their lives. Mary and Joseph were to be parents of a king. Now, officially, the king was Herod. Rome said so. But God had not forgotten his plan and promise to establish David's throne forever, to ransom captive Israel, as the hymn says. And when God makes a promise, he keeps it. So God chose a virgin named Mary to have a child, Born in the house of Joseph, he would be a son of David. Conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, he would be the son of God. All was in readiness for God to fulfill his promises that he had repeated over the centuries by the prophets. All that was needed was a family, a mother to bear him, and a man willing to marry the mother of a child that was not his own. This would require a truly exceptional man. In marriage in those days, well, children became heirs, somewhat as they do today. Marriage was and is God's plan to provide for raising children. It was also the context for guaranteeing the legal rights of heirs. You could be the son of a great landowner but you could not inherit the land of your father unless your father and mother were married. Joseph's son could lay claim to the throne of David if political circumstances ever changed. But it would be the child of Mary who would be the heir, only if Joseph married Mary. But it appeared that Joseph and his parents had been dishonored Engagements were much more formal in those days. They were legal and moral commitments, much like marriage today. There would have been a special celebration of the engagement announcement, a big public feast, 
all the family and all the village would have come together to celebrate the engagement. And now it appears Mary has been unfaithful to the engagement. Such infidelity was considered adultery. What else could explain the fact that she was pregnant and that Joseph had not had relations with her? Tough decisions for Joseph. On the one hand, he could wed the woman who had been unfaithful to him and suffer scorn and ridicule in the community. He could divorce her, which was the only way to get out of a binding engagement. Or he could turn her over to the religious authorities, where she would be labeled an adulteress and be punished, probably by being stoned, even stoned to death for her sin. What would Joseph do? Well, Mary left town to visit her cousin Elizabeth and probably to escape the watchful eyes of the community as her pregnancy became more visible. And Joseph undoubtedly had some sleepless nights trying to figure out what to do. It was one of those nights that an angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. He brings good news that will heal Joseph's troubled heart. Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. In Joseph's dilemma, we see both law and gospel. Joseph hurting, terrified, angry, suffering because the law apparently has been broken. And then the gospel, the good news. Do not fear, the angel says. None of the terrible things that Joseph has contemplated will happen. This child is special, not a sign of an adulterous relationship, but a sign of God's love. This child is the Son of God, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit, just as Mary had tried to tell Joseph probably more than once. But now he hears it from the angel. He compares it to Holy Scriptures. Centuries before, the prophet Isaiah had declared, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. It was true. Joseph believes. And then he acts according to God's plan. He takes Mary as his wife, but he has no relations with her until after the child is born, and he names the child Jesus because he will save his people from their sin. So what about us? How often have we had sleepless nights and bad dreams? How often have we wrestled to find a solution to a situation that seems to have no good solution at all? How often have we tried to deal with something that just has not gone according to plan? Well, the solution is right in front of us. We don't need to wait for a dream with an angel in it. God has already given us the solution. It's come in the form of his son, Jesus, who came to suffer and die on the cross to pay for our sins and the sins of all people. He is the solution to all of our problems, starting with the biggest ones, sin and death. And if he's dealt with our biggest problems, he's also ready to deal with any other problem we might face. He promises to always be with us, 
to always do what is best for us. So, O come, thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. Rejoice, rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Amen. And may the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.